0: Welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast, where we are changing the aging narrative. I'm your host, Joanne Newadock, and I'm thrilled to bring you stories that matter and celebrate your place in the world. As an advocate for lifelong learning, health, and women's empowerment, I believe it's never too late to live the life you've always imagined. Through lively and informative interviews with inspiring guests, We'll explore a wide range of topics relevant to our global sisterhood of vibrant, inquiring women just like you. Join me for today's episode and let's start changing the aging narrative together. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. I have a wonderful guest for you. She is a preschool teacher turned singer-songwriter and someone who believes that it's never too late to bloom. And she has just such an engaging and fascinating story. So welcome, welcome, Carolyn Harley. Thank you so much, Joanne. Yeah,
1: it's a real pleasure to be here with 50 at Fabulous, Fabulous at 50. We go. were just
0: making jokes about saying names backwards. backwards <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: there we go.
0: Well, I'm thrilled for you to be here. And, you know, we met, we really just got to know each other over this last year. I yes. had heard of you before and through a mutual friend, I'd been to another event and, and listen to you, and you are such a great storyteller in your music that I was so engaged, and I love that you came and did a live event for the Fab 50 community within Calgary for those mm-hmm. that can attend live and in person. Right. And I just I wanted to delve in today. Today I wanted to delve into a little bit more about your story, a little bit more about your journey. How does like Let's just start off with the obvious question: How does how does this preschool teacher turn into a singer songwriter?
1: Well, the truth of the matter is, I was um, both for the whole time that I was raising uh-huh. my family and working okay. as a teacher. So, um, even as a child, I was—I know—I was a creative soul, and I yes. was writing stories and making up all kinds of, you know, fantasy. And, uh, and then I started writing poetry, and, uh, and actually right early on, um, my, my oldest son was just, I think, three or four years old, when a poem came to me as a song. I was actually scrubbing the floor. You know, It's back in the day. I've been around a while. I don't know why they hadn't invented long-handed scrubbers, but anyways. <laughs> so I'm on the floor, and I start singing, what would you think, a blues song. Right and yeah, uh, a
0: blue song really blue song you know, a feeling sorry yeah. for myself
1: so um and then after that another song came to me and and i realized i needed to learn an instrument so uh, i had been given a guitar which was stuck in my closet for many years up to that point point. and i got it out and i slowly learned you know a couple of chords and started putting uh um music to to my ideas instead of nice. just straight poetry and the thing is for me personally immediately that I started writing songs I had this sense that I wanted to share them and mm. so this was back in Maple Ridge in British Columbia and, okay. um, and just outside was the Alouette uh, just outside of Maple Ridge was the Alouette Art Center
0: okay. and
1: um, I started going to that and and uh, within six months of picking up a guitar And I went and I started singing my songs because I just in my heart had a sense that that's what I wanted to do. And the other funny story story from that is that um, I would write an article for the Maple Ridge newspaper about the the open mic night and everybody who had performed and what they performed and myself included in there and what I had performed. And Mm -hmm. then I submitted it and I got performance royalties. Oh, even it was back in the day when it was called KPAC. It's now called SOCAN. But back then it was called KPAC. And with my first royal performance royalty check, I bought a secondhand dishwasher. <laughs> I when that. I thought I had died and gone to heaven God, I can because imagine. I had a dishwasher. And I bought it with my own money, you know, that I had earned singing. And uh, so that was like, Right, right out of the gate, um, I just had this wonderful sense of, of sharing my music and and uh, the potential for, for you know, um, maybe a financial return. <laughs> yeah. so, you
0: know. so this was when you were still your main income, though. Your okay. livelihood was being a, uh, uh, a preschool a teacher. Preschool okay. Teacher. So share with me then, or share with all of us, what it means to be a late bloomer, like what shifted for you and when did that shift?
1: Well, even back in the day, I had the sense that if I kept working on writing and working on my guitar playing, that eventually I would reach a place where I could say that I was, you know, um, I could even call myself professional. And, okay. And so all through those years of raising my, my kids and working as a preschool teacher, which I absolutely love because mm-hmm. at part I'm kind of a silly person
0: and preschool.
1: <laughs> I always I said if, that.
0: I've seen <laughs> you perform and you're so fun. You're like really engaging. Oh thank you. But I always said that
1: if a year went by and, and a child didn't say to me, Mrs. Harley, you're silly, <laughs> I I would know I needed to quit. So teaching preschool suited me. And the other benefit was I was off in the summer. I was off at Christmas time. I was off at Easter, you know, so I had breathing space to do this other, as well as, as that. So I started to transition, um, later in life, um, from just teaching every, every year or so I would drop a class. (laughs) So then I would have, I would have more time. Uh, in my later years, to to devote to to the music, and so that's kind of how I transitioned. And I, I and I've been so blessed because I got to spend all those years teaching preschool and loving it, and then mm-hmm. transitioned into performance and and learning, you know, some skills with uh, guitar and social media and all these
0: late life oh, nice. things, as people call ahead. it, a second act. In many ways. Like before it sounds like you were dabbling in it. It was almost like a hobby. It was a little more Mm -hmm. just fun and hobby. And now this is you live and breathe your music and you've been very successful with that. So why don't we won't we get you to boast a little bit (laughs) here and just share actually I'll ask a more specific question is do you have a favorite song or album? A
1: favorite song or album? Um, that's, that's I actually, what that's, I, was gonna I know, that's a tough <laughs> question because, um, you know, perhaps, perhaps my heartbeat of the world, which is the most of the songs I wrote during COVID, I wrote them in my garden, you know, mm. where I was trying to stay connected to something positive. And, uh, and I, I, um, Worked with a really talented young Calgary uh, musician, Aaron Young, who just mm. won with, he and another fellow just won for their blues album. He's oh, a wonderfully wonderful, talented fellow. And I met him years ago through my son, my youngest mm. son, who's a professional musician. And, um, I had, I'll tell you a quick story. I had posted a picture on Facebook of me as a young mom with my two little boys holding, uh, holding a guitar. And I posted it on Facebook and I said, who knows what kind of guitar this is? And this young fellow, Aaron Young, he he answered it. He said, it's a Stella, a Stella guitar. And then he said, I happen to have one for sale. And so it seemed and it wasn't an outrageous price. I didn't really need a guitar, but it seemed like a circle back to the beginning of my writing because the guitar in the picture was stolen out of my car. And oh. so I had lost it. And it felt like this lovely circle back to the beginning of my songwriting. So this was during nice. COVID. So yeah. in the summer, um, he brings the guitar to me. And we meet in the backyard. And I get telling him about these songs that I've been writing during COVID. And he has a home studio. And he's Fantastic. a wonderfully talented young fellow. So he did all the, gu- all the work, all the tracks. And I got to just go in and sing. And then I had to, at this late bloomer stage in my life, (laughs) I learned how to release it through Uh CD, maybe to Spotify, to iMusic, to all those things. And then I submitted it to YYC Music, which is Calgary's um, Music Awards. And it was nominated for Folk Recording of the Year.
0: Awesome. So, Hold it up for those that are yeah, watching. You yeah, can watch us on YouTube. You can yeah. also get us on all the yeah. podcast platforms. But, oh, what a beautiful cover.
1: Heart, heartbeat of the World. And my, and my, um, friend Heather Brooks designed that for me. And, uh, so nice. So, um, that, that's probably as I have a sense of, um, as a late bloomer accomplishing a lot with that album. Um, I also followed up on a, a uh, connection that I made through a fellow musician here in Alberta. And I released that album to Europe.
0: Oh, you did.
1: Yeah. And one of, one nice. of the songs on here is called singing in the choir. And, um, and it's just a funny song of it's about, how we all work together. You mm-hmm. know, we're all on the same page and we're all singing, singing in the choir. And it's quite nice. funny. Like it, it you know, because you might sing high. You might sing low. We need you singing in the choir. So it's like that kind of thing. Anyways, uh-huh. I haven't heard Wales, that one.
0: I'm going to have to check that in out. In Wales right now, there's a little
1: choir in Wales singing that song because they, they heard it over in Europe really? and contacted me and said, may I sing? May we sing this? And so I always say this isn't the adventures of a yep. late bloom. Because I, I never it. know when I do something, what's going to come of it. And I and that, to me, is the rush of it all. Oh, Fun of it all. It's so you know? fulfilling.
0: What I'm hearing you say is just, yes, this is about, like, you've come, ugh, I'm going to back up here because I have so many ideas that want to pour out all at once. What I'm hearing you and what I've heard from some of the other interviews that I have is sort of the first wave of of working and our first career or first couple careers sometimes is all about, it's it's our livelihood. And what's kind of cool, and especially that transition when we get into our 50s or so, there tends to be a bit more of a reflection. And that's what I'm hearing from you, a reflection on our life going, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? Is this what we want to be doing? So obviously, it's nice when you can be making money at this next career, but it's not just about making a livelihood. It's about filling you up. Like, did right. you notice that there was a bit of a shift a little later on in your midlife? And and what did that feel like for you? Definitely, definitely. Um,
1: as I mentioned earlier, I started, you know, in my my mid-50s and heading for 60 to start dropping a few classes. And I mm-hmm. took my, my Canada pension early at 60 and dropped a class then. So in my mind, it was, you know, I had this, this income now and I would give me more breathing space. And my idea was I wanted to be in a place that anything that came by me, I would have the time and the energy to say mm-hmm. yes. To it. I wanted to say yes. And, uh, so that's, so I would say, you know, Fifty five, fifty six. I really started looking forward to this time when I would be um, spending, you know, the bulk of my time on, on my music. On the music. Now but I. I, I am and- Sorry for interrupting, but no, I, no, that's I, okay. I, I also am an avid birder,
0: and oh, so I've been doing that for like about 25,
1: 30 years. So I love wow. being out doing that, and and photography with my for my sixty fifth birthday. Um, uh, with my first old age security check, I bought a, uh, a, a beautiful camera. And, oh, nice. Uh, yes. Nice. No, then I stole a lens from my husband because it turns out. Borrowed. <laughs> borrowed. I borrowed. borrowed. Well, he so never got awesome. it back. So, <laughs> anyways.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Well,
1: so I, I honestly like to fill my, my time with what I call creative processes like yeah. gardening, bird watching, photography, working on my music you know, time with family and uh and I look really hard to try and find that balance. Mm-hmm. And so um even the music even today in retirement, I still have to work to have that balance. So that yeah. what I want to always have is that sense of joy and enthusiasm. Yeah.
0: So that I'm not burned out and
1: jaded with my
0: music. You know, so exactly that's where I am today exactly you want that to be something that is joyful as yes. opposed to a job mm-hmm. right? right so wonderful and i know i've been able to be at several of events where you're singing songs and forgive me but i don't remember the name of the song but you had a couple really really cool ones at this one event but one of them was oh gosh what was the name of it um you told a really interesting story about it. Oh, something like driving like a like you drive well for a girl or what like, drive like a man. Drive like a man. Drive oh, yeah. like Can a man. Can you share this story? This is so cool. <laughs> we everybody there just laughed and laughed. Like it was quite
1: comical. It it's quite funny. Um, yeah, so the so I the story that I was telling was my best summer ever. And so mm-hmm. during this best summer, I got to lifeguard at an officer's pool. I'm a teenager lifeguarding at an officer's pool, and I'm learning to drive. My dad is is uh, thinking that I'm going to be a timid driver. But after we go for the first um, practice run, when we pull back into the driveway, he says, you drive like a man. <laughs> and so I wrote this song because I... Over the years, I've never quite figured out whether that was a compliment or whether it was a put down, you know, like you say, you know, like women can't drive or whatever. So it was both. Anyways, it was both. It was it's- both. And I love to have that conversation, which happened that night yeah. where I just said to the audience, So, what do you think he meant by that? And there was yeah. some interesting feedback from people.
0: There was um, some interesting feedback and it really is going back to a time when that, that was really a thing. There was a real, um, so we say prejudice or, or, or belief that like women couldn't drive. Mm-hmm. And so to be for him to, he thought he was complimenting you, but it was very much a backhanded compliment, but yeah. the actual song is hilarious. It is funny. It is. funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. What album is that one on? Or is I've it? never released
1: it. I just worked it up. I'll tell you, I'll be perfectly honest. Because I've been writing since my early 20s, I, I probably have five, 600 songs. Wow. And so for different events and whatever, I will go to this. This. Uh, so if you see behind me, I've got A to J in one binder <laughs> and M to whatever. That's like all I, songs. Those are all songs all, in alphabetical order. So I can go to them. And so for that one, that event, I went and pulled that song. But there's no way I've recorded like
0: five or 600 songs. Well, that one is so much fun. And I do hope that people that are listening that happen to be in the vicinity where they can go and listen to you perform. Now, what I'll do is switch us over to what you performed for... um, The Fab 50 community, because you've written that you wrote a couple songs, you perform them. But those songs have gone all the way to our capital. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
1: Right. Well, um, when I was a preschool teacher, my first school was Nellie McClung Elementary School. And Nellie McClung, it turned out, was one of the famous five. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a songwriting group back in the day, and we were doing a project. For Calgary's, um, hundred year, I think, anniversary.
0: And mm-hmm. we decided
1: to each take a decade and write a song and do a, a showcase. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm not sure what decade it is, but I want to learn about Nellie McClung. And so I went to the Calgary, um, uh, university library and I researched and wrote the first song was the ballad of the famous five, which I, which tells their story. And mm-hmm. then, I got connected with the Famous Five Foundation, which was starting like 25 years ago. And I've been working with them ever since and mm-hmm. performing my songs about the Famous Five. So the second one that I wrote is called The Spirit of the Famous Five. So the first one sort of tells the story of their struggle. And the second one is a call to action song. It yeah. says, well, their work is still not finished. The world is still unjust. And when we fear to take a stand, their spirit says we must. Oh, and so love it. I actually will be singing at the in the Crystal Ballroom at the Palliser Hotel in October because it's the 94th anniversary of the winning of the person's case, which is why the Famous Five are famous. And that's what I was going to say,
0: because because we have listeners literally from all over the world, they may not know who the famous five are in like a sentence or two. Can you explain that?
1: Right. So back in the early 1900s, um, legally, women were not considered persons in the eyes of the law. And uh, in the BNA Act, the interpretation just said person only referred to men. That was the um, understanding at the time. And they went through many layers of uh, of government and, and protocol to try and get it changed to include women. And, and then on October 18, 1929, they had to go all the way to London, England, to the Privy Council. The, the decree finally came down that, yes, in the BNA Act, the word person does refer to refer women. To that.
0: And we're talking about Canada here.
1: And no, um, we're talking about the whole um, United Empire. Okay, all oh, the country the
0: whole United Empire at yeah. that time. Yeah. Okay. So more it was an country. amazing accomplishment. famous five. But the famous five were Canadian women.
1: They were from Alberta. Yeah, yeah, and they signed the five names. Went on a petition to, initially to the government um, to ask for the government to consider this um, important. Um, Here's what
0: blows mean. me away: with the yeah. fact that there are centurions, people that live to hundred years old. Let's just consider this 1929 is less than a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. There is, there are people alive right now Mm -hmm. that were around when by law, women weren't considered a person. Right. I know. Which is crazy. So I know we're, we're kind of digressing, but what here's what I love about your music is there's always a story or a meaning. Like it Mm -hmm. might be something funny or silly or quirky, but it also can be very meaningful. And this one, like, oh, I can feel the emotion already welling up. Do you want to share about the one that you did to honor just ordinary man, what's going on in Ukraine and really could represent any country that is worn torn that doesn't want to be? Right. Yes. Uh, I'm
1: proud of this, this project as well. Um, I saw a a photograph in our Calgary Herald newspaper, and it was just of an ordinary man in his everyday clothes in Ukraine. And he was learning to throw Molotov cocktails. Mm -hmm. And it just struck me that he's just this ordinary fellow could be my husband, my son, my brothers, my friends, you know, and, uh, one day he was going to work and the next day he was going to war. Yeah. And so they... As a songwriter, I just had this ordinary man uh idea. And uh, so so I wrote the song and in this this project I struggled. When you want to talk about learning, this is this is the cover, Ordinary mm-hmm. Man, um, Songs of Hope. All the way along this project it was it was difficult. My heartbeat of the world album, it just fell into place. It was mm-hmm. lovely. This one, it was just one glitch after another after another. It was such a struggle, such a struggle. And mm-hmm. uh, but I love the song. And I'll tell you, I just I'll brag a little. I just did a concert at a at a at a folk club, and I did "Ordinary Man." And the fellow who's playing on the guitar, Steve Goodchild, he was playing. My husband Joe was on bass, and we did the song. And when I finished the song, it was dead silence in the audience. And then this single voice said, wow. And I mean, you know, you know, you know, you've connected. And then I found out that there was a woman in the audience and she came up to me and she said that there is a circle of musicians that get together regularly and somebody in this circle that she goes to was teaching everyone ordinary man. Oh. And I, and she said, I was just blown away to realize that it was you that had written it. And Amazing. so again, as a songwriter, you know, to know that your music is touching people's hearts, that they, that choirs want to sing it in Wales and Yeah, people yeah. right here in Calgary that are, yeah. are learning it and because it's touched them and that, One of my other slogans is, um, writing songs that matter. Yes. And, and, uh, and that's sort of at the heart. I want, I want, like I, like you said, even the funny ones to, to matter. Well, they still
0: connect with people because Mm -hmm. songs, songs are incredible because they elate us. They make us happy. They Mm -hmm. make us emote and have emotions that we can relate to or sometimes tap into an emotion that we might have held in and, and they give us that safe place to release it. And, you know, and I, I think your music does that. That's what sort of, you know, you would be, I would say under the genre of folk music, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I I think different genres of music have different places. And to me to be in a room where someone is playing live on guitar and just sharing Fun emotions and stories. What I enjoyed about your entertainment was you would do a song and then you would, you would do a story and then you would do a song. So it's not just mm-hmm. song after song. It's not just the music. It's the yeah. whole storytelling, right. which is yeah. magical. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm but, looking but at yeah, the, the other point, point, point I'd like to make is that, oh, yeah. um, that there is a folk storytelling aspect to my writing, but I actually write rock and roll blues, rockabilly, jazz, right, um, okay. string, um, you know, uh, folk, country, and then children's songs and humor. So I always say that when I get an idea, then I, then I think, what is the style of music that would best suit that? Oh,
0: so, very cool.
1: So sometimes it comes out as a very straight ahead um, folk tune or a country tune, or sometimes it's, it's more like jazz and swing, and so um, I've never been pigeonholed as as a folk singer or a country singer. My albums are always got a little bit of bluegrass on there,
0: a something. little bit of everything. All a right, a little bit of everything. Eclectic,
1: yes. <laughs> eclectic. This <laughs> eclectic. the one album that was a real. This is another one. It's called Roots Eclectic. Now that you mention that,
0: oh, perfect! There we go. I know,
1: and I did this with a an amazing. Uh, Calgary artist Tim Williams and Tim Williams actually went to Memphis and won in Memphis blues entertainer and blues musician and uh, he produced that and played on it and got it's the only album that I've gone into with a producer where they choose the songs from a selection that I sent and they chose the musicians and um, another one of my wonderful adventures you know in music yeah beautiful and it's got
0: a wild range of
1: styles on it yeah i love
0: this and and just to reiterate like basically i even though you've done music and songwriting for many decades it's really only been in the last 15 to 20 years that you have produced these um, mm-hmm. albums and so yeah. this i i just I want to point that out because I think you're such an inspiration for women. I've always said that women in midlife, and I just say midlife. Yeah. So kind of from yeah. mid forties, you know, in fifties, sixties, yeah. we have so much to share with each other and the world and like, yeah. get out there and do it. So yeah. we are coming near the end of our discussion today. Oh, and maybe. I always love to end on asking what would be three pearls of wisdom that you're interested in sharing? Oh, good question.
1: Um, well, of course, my it's never too late to bloom. I don't know if this is backwards or if you nope. can read. It, it.
0: well, to me, it looks like the right one. So, if okay, you're listening, good. she has a sign behind her left shoulder saying "It's never yes. too late to bloom." So, my
1: a good friend of mine designed that for me. It says "It's never too late to bloom," and I think that's one of my my true philosophies. And, Beautiful, uh, and I'm and I'm continuing. Uh, with my music and I have great expectations of singing, you know, into my eighties. <laughs> awesome. I, I go to, I've seen artists and they're in their eighties and they're oh, still singing. Too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my goal yep. to, you know, still be writing and singing into my eighties. And uh, so I guess just believe in yourself, like believe in your core value and whatever it is that you're doing I'm a creative soul, but most everybody has some creative aspect to them, to themselves. And just to believe in that and that, and Mm -hmm. to believe that the world is interested and wants what you've learned and, and that you want to share. And uh, also I, I believe in staying connected with creative people. That's my, that's my source. So I would say whatever anybody is involved in, um, that they want to take forward into their later years. Just surround yourself with people that have a, a similar interest, a similar passion. And uh, so I've, I've created three songwriting groups over the years. Oh, so wonderful. that I have people that I could meet with, share my songs, get feedback and, and be inspired by other people. So I say, surround yourself with like-minded folks. And, well, uh,
0: what better segue? I'll just pay you later than to sort of put a little plug for Fab at Fifty Community. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, then please join our sisterhood. Join us on. You can interact with us on Facebook if that's the way you like to do things in our group. You can join our Fab Soul Sisterhood and have live, like so they're live, even though they're remote on on Zoom. We have. We get together with weekly meetings. And then for those that live in the Calgary area or are visiting, then we also have in-person. Now, uh, Carolyn, you also wrote an article. I asked you if you could give me a little bit yes. of a story about yourself. Mm. And so um, you can check out the blog and look up the article that either says Carolyn Harley or It's Never Too Late to Bloom and and take a read and you can take a deeper dive into carolyn's uh backstory which is wonderful and i'm so happy that you were here today thank you so yes. much for joining it us was fun. it was yes. great loved it and loved to right. have you back and okay. and maybe next time around we can have you on and instead you can play a little bit of music for us and give people oh, a little sampling
1: well it, people can go to my my website if they're interested it's carolynharley.com
0: perfect how easy and is all that all this all of this will be in the show notes as well. Excellent. Okay. Awesome. Thanks awesome. A lot. Take care, everyone. Stay fabulous. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Joanne. Thank you so much for tuning in today. But before you leave, I'm curious. What pearl of wisdom are you taking away from today's episode? I do hope it held some inspiration or information for you to live your best life. If you are not yet part of our sisterhood, I invite you to join our community by visiting our website fabulousat50.com and you'll receive a free copy of our ebook, Make Mind Fabulous, 21 Ways to Energize Your Life. It is packed with loads of tips and tricks. Plus, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review to let us know what you think. Remember, keep choosing fabulous. It's never too late to live the life you deserve. Catch you on the next episode.